It takes more than great code to be a great engineer. This is episode 44 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I am your host and your chocolate Teddy Grahams consumer, Jameson Dance. I am your other host, not eating anything, Dave Smith. I'm just going to start looking at stuff on my desk. Like, I'm your host and possessor of fake golden fingernail clippers, Jameson Dance. (laughs) I got some right here. I'll get better with the made-up titles. <laughs> I don't know how you could get better. I mean, you're already there. <laughs> okay, I'll stay the same, but have a slightly different title next time. <laughs> how about that? Sounds great. Um, we have a lot of stuff to get through, so I'm going to get through it. First, we have a story from an anonymous listener about a funny interview experience that I thought was cool. Um, they say, you joked about being a asked technical interview questions after getting the job. This actually happened to me. The interviewer called me, offered me the job, and then called back two hours later and said, I was so excited about you, I forgot to screen you technically. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds great. Then proceeds to ask a ton of technical questions. I got the job, but whoa, was I scared. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's like, I got the job. Yay. Let's celebrate. Two hours later, ring, ring. <laughs> I'm just imagining that in other situations, like the IRS calls you up and is like, you look like a great person. We're not going to need you to pay taxes. And then called, they call you back and they're like, whoa, we need, got a little excited. We need to ask you a few questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to take a look at your books. But hey, you got the job. Yeah, you got the job. Congratulations. <laughs> uh-huh. And then we have a, a boot camp story. Yeah, this one comes from Joseph. Um, this is about getting hired right after being in a boot camp. Joseph writes, love the, love the show. Just want to affirm something you said from my experience. I think you're right about boot camp job hoppers. I graduated from a boot camp two years ago and afterwards would routinely get all the way through interview processes at big companies like New Relic and Puppet Labs. I would solve their challenges and impress people and connect and have inside contacts. But they always said... We just can't hire you with so little experience. The jobs available to boot camp, boot camp grads, at least in Portland where I live, are just not very good. But after a few short-term jobs, companies were much more willing to overlook my work history. I knew that my early jobs were dead ends, and I didn't hesitate to trade them in for better opportunities ASAP. Now I have a great job, but after three or four early jobs, people did start. Sorry, after three or four early jobs, people did start asking me, "Why so many short jobs?" I was able to honestly say I was looking for a team that shared my values, and that was challenging early in my career. And interviewers always seem to understand that. But I do feel obligated to keep my current job for a long time on pain of losing that excuse. What a smooth answer to that question. I know. I was looking for a team that shared my values. Yeah. It's a great answer. (laughs) It really is. It was really smooth. It's also... It, it kind of like pains me that this is a thing that happens because it's a lost opportunity for all these early companies. I mean, yeah. if this person could pass the interview processes at these like big names and then they got what they would call like a good job eventually, um, if if these early companies could have uh, held on to, to this person either mm-hmm. through like better experience or kind of paying them what market rate would be if they joined the company with the experience they had after they had been there a while or I don't know. I also wonder why these companies would put them through the interview process if they were just going to look at the resume at the end and say, oh, it says here you don't have enough experience. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, after I reverse the binary tree? (laughs) Yeah, that is weird. Uh, But it seems like it's worked out well. I I hope that um, 
companies get better at dealing with bootcamp grads mm -hmm. and and i think it'd be better for them certainly if they kept the the talented but inexperienced bootcamp grads around longer um but it sounds like they're behaving in a way that that is effective for themselves the individual graduates i mean yeah 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 i was pleased to see that even though there was a bunch of job hopping happening that uh afterwards he was able to get a really good job after about two years mm -hmm. he said that's cool yep awesome well should we read the first question yeah sure uh actually i'll read it because then we can keep alternating i like it all right this is from an anonymous listener when i let someone go should i tell them the real reason if you're a lead engineer and you've chosen to let someone go do you let them know why? How much do you tell them? Sometimes people ask why you're not renewing their contract, for example, and it's easy enough to say we ran out of money, but the real reason could be something else, like you tried to talk to them about things, but they didn't improve. Do you cite that and possibly have a hard and humiliating, humiliating conversation about their personality? This is one example where I'm not sure that the golden rule makes sense because everyone is different. Mm -hmm. So the question asker mentions contracts but i think this applies to everybody not just people on contract yeah definitely the contract does give you a very nice convenient excuse though if you don't want to keep working with someone you just you just don't renew the contract and say like sorry we couldn't renew it because of reasons <laughs> yes because of reasons <laughs> and money or something <laughs> yeah 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 the the first time i read this i thought about what i would want to have happen if I were getting fired. And the thing that I thought was I would want to know why. Mm -hmm. um, but that, I don't know if I could take it. I know. I know. That's what I was thinking too. Like, like I deserve to know. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just fire me and not tell me why, right? Like you're, you're jeopardizing my ability to provide for my family. And, and I don't know there's got to be a reason right but but could you actually handle it if you knew that's my question yeah <laughs> if they were like we just really prefer our developers to be five nine or taller <laughs> like, oh curse this five eight oh, and a no. half <laughs> <laughs> not this again <laughs> it's like middle school all over i i think that if i were in this situation i'm getting fired it's like super agitated emotional state for me it's very unlikely that i could take feedback in a productive way at that time yeah yeah you're pretty amped up and you're i mean if it's a surprise you're you're like shocked yeah and yeah. probably have gone into fight or flight mode oh yeah. if it's not a surprise yeah. you just probably just feel horrible about life already and well if it's not a surprise then you you don't really wonder <laughs> you know <laughs> that's true <laughs> um, like yeah i saw this coming three months ago <laughs> yeah I can't in you guys hindsight took so i shouldn't have photocopied my butt that many times <laughs> but it was worth it <laughs> well i'll see you guys later <laughs> <laughs> so i think if you find yourself in this situation where you have to let someone go but you feel so torn about whether you should tell them the reasons something went wrong a long time ago and i think it could have been two things either one you had feedback that you should have given but for whatever reason you didn't 
Or two, the feedback you wanted to give was just too hard to give. Like it was more of like a character judgment than actual feedback, you know? Yeah. Like this fundamental thing about you is bad and wrong. (laughs) We would like you to change it. Right, right. It's like this thing you'll never change. You need to change Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) Yeah. But that doesn't really help you now if you're in this situation (laughs) though, right? You're like, yeah, okay, I screwed up, but I've still got to do this. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) There's... So there is some ammunition to like make you feel better about not giving direct feedback, um, especially in the United States. I think there are some kind of employment or HR laws that allow people to sue for wrongful termination. And one mm-hmm. defense against that is to say absolutely nothing about the reason for termination. Hmm. Okay. Which is like weird scar tissue built up because of <laughs> yeah. legal issues that uh, other companies have had. Yeah. But if if you're at all worried, like this person could get very upset, and and then wrongfully sue us, then I mean, if you say nothing, there, I think the defense is like there's nothing to cite. Right, right. Interesting. I haven't not heard that, but legal scar tissue always surprises me. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's like a horrible. I feel bad that that's a thing because right, it just feels right. wrong. Like you want to be open and honest, and those seem like good things to value. But um, HR people might might get a little antsy at the idea of giving someone detailed feedback on why they were yeah. let go. So you're sitting across the table from someone and breaking the bad news to them, and this your soul just is begging to share all this information, but. I still think this is not the time. Like, I, I think that the person will not be in a good state to receive it. And the only good that will come of you sharing that feedback is that you will feel better. Like that you got it off your chest. You know, um, I don't think it will really do the person much good in that moment. I think it could if you had a pretty close relationship with them. That might make it even harder to be in this situation, but... Mm, yeah. And it might make it harder for them to receive the feedback. I thought, we yeah. were, I thought we were friends. Why didn't you tell me earlier? Yeah, that's true. It's just such a bad... I mean, when, when you give people feedback, they need to be in a really positive emotional place to be able to receive it generally. And what if, they, what if they're asking for feedback, though? Because that's... Uh, um, asking for advice is a lot different than just getting unsolicited yeah, advice like, dumped on you. Yeah, yeah. I've experienced that as a as a new parent. <laughs> There's an infinite ocean of unsolicited advice. But if like your baby is doing this one thing and you're like, I do not know what to do, then then it's so much different. What if the person giving you the advice was also firing you as a parent? <laughs> what if they were taking my child away? Yeah. And and while I take your child, here's some advice. <laughs> you yeah. should have done formula. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> it's I, I just think that it's, it's too emotionally you wait 20 minutes in sleep training, not 10 minutes. <laughs> your child is now a ward of the state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I'm having a hard time imagining a situation where a person could receive that in a good place at that time. You know, Wherever. while getting fired. No, in the moment while getting fired. Hmm. Um, maybe later you could have a conversation with them about it. And, and, uh, but you know, if like you're gonna, you, you would just tell them, like, we'll, we'll just talk later when it's less 
emotional. Yeah, like, hey, what are you do, what are you doing for lunch tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> Swing by the office. We'll, yeah. we'll... <laughs> no, I don't. I, I, <laughs> I just think it's going to be so hard. Like, because if you start giving feedback, the first thing they're going to say is, "Where was this feedback six months ago?" Mm-hmm. You know, and and you probably are going to have not a good answer for it. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Unless you're prepared to say, look, I'm sorry, I screwed up. Then they'll say, well, then maybe I shouldn't have gotten fired. You know, I mean, it's just, oh, you pull the thread on that yarn or on that sweater and it's just going to come unraveled. Yeah. Maybe the meta answer to this question. Well, it it is the meta answer to this question then is giving painful, possibly painful, direct, uncomfortable feedback is better than firing someone. Way better. If you work backwards from what that conversation would be like to like, okay, here's what I should do now, then, then that might give you the motivation to have a difficult conversation earlier. Yeah, I totally think that's the case. So in the moment when the time has come to let someone go, I think you have to just get it done and then you're going to have to put on a cold face and you're going to feel like a scum, you know, it's terrible. Yeah. For both people. I, I, that makes sense to me, but it still just feels bad. Like heartless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a good defense for why to do it differently. And I certainly have never, (laughs) never had the guts to do it differently. But I want like my ideal version of myself firing someone would be like, this is really hard to hear. Here's why we think it didn't work out for you. Here's why we think it didn't work out for us. But it makes sense that that might be a little tricky. Yep, totally. Did you talk about how there's no upside for you? Oh, yeah. So like the selfish perspective on this is that you sitting across the table from someone who you need to let go, there's really no upside for you. Just strictly from a selfish perspective, what are you going to get out of it? And the only thing you're going to get out of it is that you'll feel better that you got, that you shared that information, you know? So it's, a, it's like about your feelings, I think, more than it is about anything else. At least as I envision my own self sitting in the chair. Yeah. So. Yeah, if you draw all the outcomes for yourself from the conversation, one of them is like you go home and write, Dear Diary, today I did a hard thing, but I think it was the right thing. And then 95 of them are like, you get new tires because they're slashed or <laughs> you're like wiping burnt, burning hot coffee off your face or someone's like crying and, and oh. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so tough, tough question, really tough situation. I, yeah, I still just don't want it to be true, but I don't know. You, you make too much sense. I led you down the path of cold, you convinced me. soulless logic convince me to be evil (laughs) i have that effect on people (laughs) that's the subtitle for our show (laughs) question answered with evil yep okay let's let's do another question let's do it about that so this question comes from a listener uh whose twitter handle is currently the young mope (laughs) i don't know what that means it sounds like a rapper name yeah the young Mope. well no it'd it'd be young mope not the young mope and it'd be un or why U-N-G, not Y-O-U-N-G. <laughs> nice. But it could be. So the young mope writes, Hi, Dave and Jameson. Longtime listener. A couple of months anyway. Hey, that's long. That's like uh, three JavaScript frameworks. <laughs> uh, longtime listener, first time writer. 
I work for a very small company and I've been tasked with writing a job posting. Any tips on how to put our best foot forward to potential applicants? Yeah. Boy, do I have tips. I've just spent a long time actually thinking about and writing uh, job descriptions for a client that I'm working with right now. That's pretty good. But wait, have you written a job description for a job description writer position? No. 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 I mean, yeah, ideally I would just hire my hire this out to someone else (laughs) like that wasn't there that government worker that uh he worked two full-time jobs at once and one of them he just like subcontracted out to some random person in china that he found (laughs) i think i did hear about that yeah he went to jail oh he did oh gosh yeah well it was like it was like secret government oh he like shared classified that he was like shipping to (laughs) to the other side of the world so (laughs) What I'm saying is my job description work is too sensitive to ever let anyone else have their hands on Yeah, so it's like a national secret. (laughs) It is that I will share with you all, listeners. Wow. Um, Just don't tell anyone because it is a secret. Yeah. (laughs) I think an insight that I recently had is that job descriptions are not descriptions of what the job is. They're sales documents. You're you're pitching someone. And if you just say like, come work here, you need to know these things and you will do these things, then that's a pretty standard but ineffective sales pitch. Mm -hmm. And the developer market right now is crazy and any developer looking for a job has an infinite number of options and most of them that they find only through job descriptions are going to be like that. It'll be like, hey, you need to know jQuery and this PHP framework and you will build business applications that do this thing. Mm-hmm. And um, you will so, need to be able to use a computer, yeah. which we will provide to you. <laughs> yep. We have uh, snacks in the office and um, for a fee. table and a cool, <laughs> relaxed culture. Yes. We work real hard. We, are, we, build, we work hard and we play hard. We build awesome stuff. We're changing the uh, world. <laughs> <laughs> making the world a better place through AI-driven... <laughs> chat bots that also do <laughs> enterprise uh, resource planning um the the job description is like the inverse of a resume though like oh, resumes all blur together they sound the same it's like um, the job description is the yin to my resume yang yeah yeah and if your resume can stick out i think that can be a good thing um okay so so yeah your 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 goal is to make someone who's reading this excited to apply not tell them what javascript framework they need to know or whatever so how do i make Um, someone excited you need to be a good writer first of all and that's not a skill that everyone has so if you are tasked with writing a job description and you can honestly evaluate your writing skills and you think they're not great you probably need to work with someone who is who is better at it um and and by good writer i mean you need to communicate the personality of your company uh hopefully your company has a personality too though (laughs) we are a dull but pretty tolerable sweatshop (laughs) come do solid competent work at reasonable rates in reasonable hours in reasonably beige pants uh yeah how do you sell it on it i don't know why do you work there 
Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think maybe that should be foremost on your job description. Like, this what do you like about it? lead to you taking the soft skills engineering advice <laughs> and saying, wait a minute, why do I work here? I'm going to quit my job and get a different one. Uh, I tried to write a job description and I just ended up quitting. <laughs> I realized that there's nothing worth describing about this job. <laughs> Hopefully that's not it. The, the most recent job description I wrote was for like a, a lead developer. And I got really excited writing that because it's all about the opportunity to build and create a culture um, and a team and like technical style and philosophy. And that's a pretty awesome opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think you have to, yeah, you have to like genuinely look at it and find the reason why someone would want this job. And yeah. if the reason is like they will do work in exchange for money to <laughs> buy food, that's, that's great. But probably got more than that somehow yeah I, I think a lot of people when they write the job description they forget that it's a sales document and instead they just write the requirements of things that they think are great to have in a coworker. you know mm -hmm. so they may even they might even imagine uh, some of their coworkers that they love and write okay you need to be just like this engineer just like that engineer and then it comes across to the reader as a list of unattainable requirements you know, like, oh, I can mm. never do that. I can never be this engineer that they want. So instead of writing the requirements that you see in other engineers, instead, go pick out those engineers and talk to them and say, what is it that you like about this job? And then write that. Yeah. I, I also think that um, people have a pretty strong, like, marketing BS filter. And mm -hmm. there's just, there's like this genre of job descriptions that are kind of like, marketing bs filled mm -hmm. um and we kind of joked about it earlier like change the world through ai chatbots yep, to yep. do erp <laughs> software <laughs> we work hard we play hard and like they have like the team photo that has the cute dog in it and <laughs> i don't know i i don't i don't know what to do to avoid that besides tell you to try and be authentic and i think that that comes across I would say avoid using supercharged superlatives like mind-blowing and, you know, adjectives like amazing. Instead, tell your story and let the candidate come to the conclusion that it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think another good principle is try harder than normal to say what the job is actually like. Because most job descriptions have absolutely nothing to do with like what the actual work is and what mm -hmm. it's like. Mm -hmm. And and usually you read it and you're like, okay, I need to know HTM, but no L, just hypertext markup. <laughs> it's probably a typo. And, uh, but I, I don't know like what I do day to day. I don't know how I work. I don't know who I work with. I don't know mm -hmm. anything. This can be hard because sometimes you don't know what exactly they'll do until they get there. But uh, again, the bar is so low that if you put a <laughs> yeah. little bit of effort into it, thinking like, okay, this Someone already works here. They, this has worked. The job description worked. They came in. They got hired. What are they doing now? And and write about that. Mm -hmm. And like Jameson said, the bar is so low that it's not hard to be a shining star. Yeah, it's definitely not. So I remember about 10 years ago, I found myself in this position having to write a job description. And I, I wrote things in the job description like, hey, we don't expect you to have expertise in any particular set of programming languages even though we use c++ on our job 
we want you to be proficient in at least two or three languages. Like that's the kind of engineer we're looking for. We're not looking for someone who has specialized in one language. We're looking for a generalist. And so I wrote that instead of saying five years C++ experience required, you know? So I wrote these things out and then I, and I said, you know, for example, you might know Ruby and PHP and that's great. You know, even though we use C++, bring your experience and learn C++ with us. And, and, and I think that that resonated well, but I shipped it off to management and then they got their hands on it and edited it before they put it out on the internet. <laughs> Did they just change it to five years of C++ yeah, basically, experience? <laughs> they basically took out all the, the warm personality that I had tried to put into the job description and made it corporate, you know, just kind of boilerplate yeah. template. And I just flipped out. Like I went to my manager and I was like, why? What did you do? <laughs> I yeah. was so upset. Um, my baby. And, and they kind of reverse edited it and put some of it back. But it's really hard to get a job description published that's actually honest and um, it, it bucks the norm a little bit. Yeah, I think that depends a lot on the size of the company. I imagine that company was a little bit larger. Mm-hmm. I really like that point about being pragmatic about the experience. Did you Did you say anything about how we work in C++ and you, if you don't know C++, like we want you to be able to become amazing at it, but you don't yeah. have to be amazing already. Is that kind of the yeah, sentiment? That was the sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I like that. Which really flies in the face of a lot of the job descriptions you see where they say, are you a ninja? Are you a yep. rock star on the stage? Are you of... a react JS ninja? Yeah. That's like, that's the current one. <laughs> that's the one. And it's like, no, I'm not a ninja. And, what amazing engineer do you know that actually would describe themselves as a ninja or a rock star? Like, no. Yeah, <laughs> In fact, if I you think know. you're a ninja and you talk about how much of a ninja you are, that's probably <laughs> like a, a negative in my book. I mean, yeah, there are some words that you should, I think you should not say. And ninja and rock star and guru are kind of all on there. Um. I also think that you should include a description of the interview process. The So the, the purpose of a resume is to get you an interview. The purpose of a job description is to get people to submit the resume mm-hmm. so that they get interviewed. Mm-hmm. And I think knowing what's going to happen is really helpful for that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. If you don't know what your interview process is, then you have a different problem as well. <laughs> like you should be able to say, this is how we interview people and then write that down. Yeah. Um, and try to try to make your process as low pressure as possible so that you can get people in the door so that you can give yourself a chance to meet them. You know, that's yeah. I, in my last job. We did a really good job of this. We said, Hey, look, you know, what do you have to lose? You probably have a great job, but you know, just come meet us. Or call us. We'd love to talk to you or email, you know, whatever. Um, And that got us a lot of leads so that we could actually talk to engineers. And once we were able to talk to them and let them meet our team, they they would often um, proceed with the process. Yeah, I mean, having a good interview process is a totally different question or long series of questions. But just just say what it say what's going to happen. Yep. Assume someone submits the resume. What happens next? And remember, and then assume though, they go all the way through to getting hired. And rem- remember that the job posting is step one in your interview process. You know, yep. Like it's part of it, so you need to see it as like an integrated part of the whole pipeline. Once you've written this job description, you should try farming it out to your team members and say, hey, on a scale of one to ten how likely would you be to apply for this job after reading this job description and keep iterating until you get good numbers? You know, if someone reads it and goes, "Eh, one, I would not apply for that job. Then, you know, try again. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Julia Evans wrote a blog post about job postings where I think she basically took some job postings and then looked at her team and, and wondered, does this posting describe this person on my team? And, and most of them, I think she ended up deciding that the job posting didn't actually reflect who worked there. Like and it was, if they like it was gone, overly demanding the, the job posting. Yeah. Basically, basically if they had, if they had like matched the skills that the job posting asked up with the skills that the people had, it didn't seem like it yeah. had much correlation. Yeah. Like, wait, I don't work with any ninjas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. None of these people have 15 years of experience with NoSQL databases. <laughs> and that can be a good way to judge if you are doing like the, I don't know, if you're, if you're like cargo culting job descriptions because you've just seen them written that way for a long time. Like it should describe what your team is like. If you're looking for people that are, if you, if you think the team, the, the team that you have is good and like matches well with what you're looking for, then they should kind of fit the job description. Yep. I guess you could also say that, uh, you can have wildly different people on a team. Yeah. And they won't all fit the same description, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's hard to write one all encompassing description that matches everyone on your team. Oh, so here's what you do. You make an interactive job description. Where the job seeker like fills out, <laughs> yep, Mad Libs. <laughs> we are a adjective company seeking a innovative. Noun. <laughs> okay. No wait, are we innovative? Or are we dynamic? Oh, oh man, dang it! <laughs> I can't decide. Oh, that's a good idea. Are we big data or AI? What do we call it now? <laughs> <laughs> you could have multiple choice big data ai machine learning yeah deep learning <laughs> neural network deep data we are a big deep company <laughs> we are a big deep company <laughs> so i just want to point out that this company. was the second episode in a row where jameson mentioned cargo cult was it yes i haven't listened to the last one it was yeah and so if you haven't heard, looked up the term cargo cult, I'd highly recommend you hit Wikipedia. It's fascinating. It's also one of those like developer terms that gets thrown around yeah. a lot, like yak shaving. I was just going to or... say like yak shaving. Whoa. Oh, man. We're in tune. I think the term yak shaving is a cargo cult term. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did we answer this question? Did we shave this yak? <laughs> That's not what that means <laughs> you're cargo culting it <laughs> um i think so yak i think i could talk them. about this forever maybe maybe what i'm trying to say is like write a job description like i would and maybe there are lots of different ways to do it but i think what i described is my ideal job description yep and ultimately this is marketing i mean you need to get into the heads of the people that you're trying to find and write something that would appeal to them which is true clickbait headlines then <laughs> this job description if requires five points of experience you won't believe number three yeah like you're i mean a lot of these will get posted to job boards and you have a little headline and usually it's like lead it's like title at company or something but you could pick a saucy headline about donald trump or something and then <laughs> lots of people would click on it and read your job, job description oh boy maybe don't do that though <laughs> i think that goes for pretty much everything we say maybe don't yeah. do this 
I think the question's answered. All right. We did it. We shared wisdom. Wonderful. If you have seen a really awesome or really terrible job description, we would love to hear about it. Maybe you could link it to us on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I would love that. So we just want to take a quick second to thank our sponsor, Dev Mountain. They uh, give us money to say nice things about them. So we're going to do that. Nice things which we actually believe, by the way. We do believe We're them. not total sellouts. Well, at least I'm not. Jameson is, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just Fair <kidding>. enough. <laughs> Dev Mountain is a coding boot camp. They have locations in Salt Lake City and Provo, Utah. And they teach UI, UX, web development, iOS. Um, actually, the client I work with just hired a, a boot camp grad from Dev Mountain. Oh, really? And she's great. Yeah. she's She really knows her stuff. She has an interesting life story and a... Uh, cool unique background that i think is is helpful for the work that we're doing uh, and she had a really good experience there that's awesome if yeah if you are interested in getting into the software industry and you are not already you can check them out or if you're interested in kind of leveling up your skills or making a, a switch of which kind of web de- of which kind of development work you do then check them out you can do that by going to softskills.audio slash dev mountain and Dave, where else should people go if they want to ask questions or just find out more? Go follow us on Twitter. You can find us at softskillseng. You can send us a direct message there if you have a question you want to ask us that you'd like us to answer on the air. It's open to anyone, so you don't even have to follow us, but we would appreciate it if you'd follow, share with your friends. Also, if you go to softskills.audio, there's a small Google form where you can fill out some more details if you feel constrained by the Twitter limits. You can uh, fill that That's out also, there. That's also, I mean... What's I that? haven't thought about this before, but if you want to be truly anonymous, if you send us a direct message, we'll like know your Twitter account. If you don't even want that anywhere, then the, then the Google form is a great way to ask a question yes. and you just don't have to put anything about who you are. That's right. And you could even, you could even lie about your identity and we, you even we could you. pretend to be me <laughs> and write a bogus question, <laughs> which apparently someone did. On January seventh, yeah. it was. I mean, Dave had some some tough questions about it. He thought it was me. <laughs> so good job, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Whoever you are, great job. Yep. I was thoroughly confused. <laughs> so yes, we would love to hear your questions. And with that, I think we're done for today, and we'll see you next week. Yep. See you later.